Welcome to the AvGeeks Assemble podcast. Welcome to episode six of season two of the Av Geeks Assemble podcast. I'm Rob and I'm your host this evening. And joining me from the Av Geeks clan are Connor. Good evening, Connor. Good evening, Rob. How are you? Not bad, mate. Not bad. And Tim. Good evening, Tim. How are you? Good evening. I'm very well. Thank you very much. Good, good. And join us on the show, we have a guest. And I think it's fair to say he's one of the young and upcoming photographers who's putting all of us old dogs to shame. Um, but it's Ollie Stevenson. So, Ollie, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you very much for having me on. No worries, no worries. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very good, very good. So, what we'll do is we'll, we'll start off uh, with a quick sort of introduction from yourself. How did you get into photography and how did you get into aviation? Yeah, so I've been into aviation for most of my life, really, since early days going to Duxford. That's really been the the central part of my photography has been around Duxford. Um, started photography though in 2016, just getting out of the kick house, stopping from being bored on walks and things. There's, you know, it was one of them, oh, I think it was a Nikon Coolpix, little compact camera, one of my first ones. So yeah, that's, that's what I started on and then went up the, went up the ranks with cameras and ended up here. Cool. Lovely stuff. One, one of the other things we like to do just to kind of have a bit more of a deep dive into into our guests as we like to do like a sort of a quick fire round like an icebreaker yeah um i've give, we've got a sort of a bunch of questions there like sort of like um kind of like yes or no or one or other answer um so i've given connor the responsibility of going through that this evening so, <laughs> so I, I, I have there's a couple of fun questions in there which hopefully you don't find too offensive but <laughs> but connor take it away right so start us off Tea or coffee? Coffee. Cool. Um, cats or dogs? Cats. On this cats, 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 cats. Oh. That's only because I've got one. Controversial. <laughs> I've never had a dog. Oh. Oh. To be fair, if I probably had a dog, I'd say dog, but I've got a cat. Fair enough. Two questions in, we were already raising eyebrows. Wow. That's <laughs> <laughs> like wagging tails. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Instagram or Facebook? Instagram. Instagram. Cool uh netflix or youtube oh youtube good choice. solid shout solid shout yeah music or podcast answer carefully on this one <laughs> uh, uh, yeah probably music fair enough um healthy food or junk food <sighs> junk food yes yeah, gotta be. <laughs> gotta be. so are we a fan of a chilled holiday or an adventure holiday Oh, probably adventure, but it's good to have a bit of both. It's fair. So, Coke or Pepsi? Oh, probably Coke. Tastes better with vodka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say the time I really drink it. <laughs> he's not wrong. He's not no, wrong. He's not wrong, is he? <laughs> Pepsi doesn't work as a mixer, does it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> if you're desperate, it does. But yeah. <laughs> um. Now for a controversial one. The Aircraft Restoration Company or the Fire Collection? <laughs> Arco, Arco offered me the work experience, so I'll have to go with them. Uh, another controversial one now. Canon or Nikon? Ooh. Nikon. That's just because I bought a new one. At least he's right. At yeah. least Tim's not here agree with us. Tim's not here to default. <laughs> yeah, by default, he's outnumbered. Um, so the cinema or theatre? Cinema. So, uh, TV or book? Oh, book. Uh, no, telly. TV. Movie or documentary? Probably a movie. Any favourites? Favourite film? Probably Apocalypse Now, Vietnam. Oh, good choice. Oh, that's unreal. Ooh. That film. That's brilliant. It's one of my favourites. <laughs> Not quite the answer I was expecting, but fair enough. <laughs> no. I was half expecting Battle of Britain, to be fair. Yeah, that's the second one. 
So when it comes to photography, film or digital? Or oh, film. If it wasn't so expensive, I'd only shoot film. Yeah, I think I could agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's really expensive. What's it, like 20 quid a roll these days, plus developing yeah. costs? Yeah, stupid amounts. I mean, the rolls themselves aren't that expensive. It's the actual development process of it. Yeah. Can you imagine, though, if, like, a um, like a current sort of, like, equivalent camera had the shutter speed and everything else of, um, like, what we've got now, but for film... And you're like, and that's a roll of 36 tons. Well, my my um, camera, my film camera, shoots seven frames a second. Oh my god! So that's I, better I, than I my can, digital. I can clear a whole roll of film in four seconds. Oh, it's like, it's like I've never tried it. I've never taken a risk. It's just too expensive. But yeah, it's like that, uh, like that current, um, current. Uh, what is it? like little video like whatever it is where people are turning on their um heating and there's an there's an auctioneer going ah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as, as you take the picture you're just like da, 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 da. yeah 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 i've seen that one <laughs> so another couple of questions so, so jets or warbirds warbirds any favorites on that one spitfire it's got to be oh Played it safe. <laughs> I, think, I think he's got a, a particular favourite, which is a nice blue one. Yeah, that is up there with the rest, with with some others. Are into a one potentially? That is one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's by far the best looking Spitfire that's come out of Duxford in a long, 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 long time. It's unbelievably mm-hmm. cool, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It does look cool. Mm-hmm. I just wish I saw it with um, TD two four eight when that was coloured similarly with the silver and the red stripe. Mm-hmm. Just looks unbelievable. If, even I don't remember that. So you would have been like eight when that. Happened. I don't think I was born to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just seen pictures of it. It's quite nice to actually see it. In, see an adventurous scheme, isn't it? It's like because like we get lots of Spitfires with like your standard blue and yeah. green and um, camo colours and the occasional sand coloured ones. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice to have that that one in that scheme. And also, it, 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 I quite like the silver Spitfire as well. I think the it's yeah. nice to see things differently. But I suppose it's good. Yeah. We've got so many Spitfires we can do different things with now, haven't we? <laughs> However controversial it may be sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, final question. Um, PC or Mac? Oh, PC. Good man. Ooh. PC, I've never had a Mac. Not yet, anyway. Might you will. To... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Excellent stuff. So, I think we've got to know you a little bit better. Um, so, so obviously one of the reasons we, we got you on is because you do so much stuff that's like on the creative side of photography and we've obviously we've, we've briefly touched on film um, as part of that chat so how, what took, brought you to film did you just sort of were you, was it is it the classic story where you were given a hand-me-down camera and decided to use it or was it a conscious decision where you just turned around and said you know what I'm going to shoot some airplanes with film because I like to be awkward yeah I think it was mainly from um Car photography, that's where a lot, a lot of my inspirations are from automotive stuff and, and the photographers over there. And I saw one of them using film and I was like, oh, this looks quite cool. I might give that a go. And it's just by chance, my dad's boss had some old film cameras lying around. So I picked them up 20, 2019 and first time out was at Duxford with them. Um, so trying them out there. And then, yeah, it was just from there, it just <laughs> turned into an addiction. Yeah. It's a totally different process, isn't it? Because, I mean, as I do it as well, I mean, not sort of, because um, you use some really old school cameras. I mean, mine's kind of a, mine's effectively the last generation of film cameras. So it's effectively a uh, digital camera that shoots film. Um, but yeah, it's, it's there's something quite rewarding about it. I, I quite like the fact that you don't have an instant result and that yeah. everything's a bit of a, a mystery until you get it out. And it's sort of like, yeah, it, it's, it's a much more kind of, I don't want to use the word real, but it's a more kind of um, hands-on photography because everything you have to think about it. It's not just a matter of taking a shot and going, yeah, that'll do. And then sort of just changing some settings. You've got to sort of get it right at the source. And there's a certain kind of challenge to it that I enjoy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I mean, that's the same with me with a lot of things. I'd much rather it be a hands-on something that you can physically feel and, and see going on 
compared to something electronic. I mean, the same with cars as how I feel about them. I'd much rather a, a classic car where everything's manual than some new electric one where everything's mm. done for you. Yeah. And there's also I also quite like the, the way you mix the film with the types of cars you shoot and obviously with Warbirds. It's got it's that the nice kind of old aesthetic works together in that setting, I think, is really good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever I try to, no, if I if I can, if it's possible, I'll um yeah, if there's a 1962 Ferrari or whatever, shooting that with a 62 camera, that's a really cool thing to do. Yeah, it just shows off the era really well, doesn't it? It all just kind of blends in together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those, we briefly touched on it, it's a very kind of expensive hobby. Um, I mean, because I've got, so if I buy a roll of film, roll of film is about maybe six or seven pounds. Um, and I think the last um, roll of film I got developed came to, it was about 20 quid, including postage, to get it sent off, developed and scanned in. Because um, I, I think you have done the same in the past. You get, I get the digital scans. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think we've both used, have you used Take It Easy Lab? Yeah, yeah, that's the one I use for my yeah. colour stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, they're, I like like sending it off there and I'm just sitting there just waiting. Once you you post it through the letter, post it off, and then you're sat, it's like, right, I'm waiting now. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. like, you, 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 you get the, uh, the uh, confirmation that they're being scanned. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. It's like, you, you see, it, you see it pop up. It's like, yay! Yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's a really rewarding moment. I mean, I was at a work do the other day, and we was doing like a um, crazy golf, and I'm just like, hang on, I've got to go hold my go. My photos have just come through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 really enjoyable from that point of view. And and it's, how many film cameras have you got? Because I know you you walk around with that big old Russian thing sometimes, yeah. don't you? Yeah. So at the moment, I've only got. Um... I've got the Mamiya, which is the two the twin lens one, and then I've got a, an ancient um, Zenit, which is old Soviet. But so, that, so, so I've actually cut down my collection quite a bit. What it used to be, I used to have like five or six on the go at this time. But yeah, I've I, I stopped shooting thirty five, but just gone back to it. Um, mm. I just pretty much prefer the medium medium format negatives because they're yeah. so big compared to thirty five, and you get credible detail on them. Yeah, because yeah, I think because yeah, the ones I've seen of yours, the the uh, medium format stuff is always it just comes out really nice. But you, yeah, you also develop your own film as well, don't you? When you when you're feeling adventurous, yeah, yeah, all my all my black and white stuff's done at home. So that's all developed at home. Um, but yeah, as you said, for color, that's all sent away to that Take It Easy Lab up in Leeds. Yeah. They do a really good job with it with scanning, especially. It's really yeah, really nice. they, their work is really cracking. It's it's even the, I mean, even the films that I've been shooting recently, I've been using sort of old five year old film. Um, that's well, it's well out of date now. But when you look at back some of the pictures I took from the lightning thing, the, just the quality on them is just so good, and that they do yeah. such a, they do such a great sort of um, range of things. It's like because it, because I think they for reference Connor and Tim, what they do is they develop the photos and they'll scan it in for you. You can either get a uh, a high res. I have. I've used take it easy as well to do some yeah. my my black and white film stuff. Yeah, because they they do high res TIFF images, don't they? But they do like low quality JPEGs as well. Yeah, there's yeah there's so much variation in what they yeah. actually offer in terms of services. Because yeah. I mean, you can even get the negative sent back to you once it's been produced, can't you? Yes. Yeah. It's, I've, 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 started, I've got a case of negatives. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got a couple of pouches of them that are just sat aside, um, just waiting for a time that I have to use them for something. But I think I think Ollie, you scan yours in as well, don't you? Do you, you I think you said before you use a biscuit tin with a light, don't you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, biscuit, old biscuit tin. Cut the cut the top of the lid out and then put a. Oh, I don't know what it's called. It's like frosted glass on top of it. Yeah, to, it diffuses the light, and you've got like an LED strip inside. And I set my camera up on a tripod above it, and then just scan the film like that, and then do it all in Lightroom all my conversions. Mm. It's a lot cheaper than a scanner. Because <laughs> like, I've been looking at the idea of like, because I've I've been thinking about getting into like developing myself. Because like, every time I send off a. A, a roll of film for development. I'm just like, oh, well, there's twenty quid gone. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking it might be cheaper to buy the chemicals and have a go myself. But it's just, yeah. I mean, because I always, I keep looking at tutorials and they're like, yes, you should use a macro lens that does all this sort of stuff. And it's like, yeah, I've not got one of them. Yeah, no, I'm, I just use my 18, 18 to one hundred five, just normal kit lens. Mm. F F eight, it's fine. Sharpness, the negatives look good enough for Instagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. Cool stuff, but yeah, uh, give it a bit of a shout out to take it easy labs. I mean, if we've all used them, and they've got, yeah, a, they've got I mean, they, they, yeah. their customer service is brilliant. It's like, you know, they I've always had like, if you ever have to ask them a question, they're always like quick to respond and that sort of stuff, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Hours, hours and I've had, 
yeah. and they're um just their social media presence so just they just give off this vibe as kind of like a really sort of fun cool place that's just like keeping film photography alive yeah definitely yeah and um, them and um, obviously analog wonderland as well which is like they uh that's just a sort of sort of um little treasure trove of buying film and all that sort of stuff from them as well so it's like a, it's a it's a great little world to be in i think yeah yeah definitely definitely at the moment especially everything's growing it seems to be getting a lot bigger and more people are getting involved which is always good mm. yeah it's, it's an ever it just it seems to be it's like, like a lot of things it's like making a comeback it's like vinyl records and stuff and that sort of thing i was just about to say do you think it's going to be a sort of like an almost like vinyl records where there's going to be a sway away from digital back to sort of like film photography for purely for the whole sort of like do you know what there's actually more to it doing it this way than just going blah 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 looking on the back of the camera and going oh yeah that's nice you know there's the like you said you know you have to send your film away (laughs) it's not just you send it via email no you actually (laughs) have to send it away you know if you're going to get it done you have to send it away i'd say that though like i'd uh... It, I've noticed that probably in the last year or so in, ter- in terms of actual photography, you say about that, I've noticed it more sort of obviously yourself, Ollie. Um, obviously, I know you take film photos, Rob. Um, Rob Griffiths as well. Yeah, he, he does, also does. He, yeah. does, he does a lot mm-hmm. of, he did a lot of film photography. Um, I sort of was inspired by yourself, Ollie, and, and Rob to break out my dad's old Canon AV1 and give it a go. Um and yeah, I think in the last sort of year or so, progressively, like through more night shoots and things like that I've done, I've seen more, more people using film cameras, which has been actually really quite nice to see. Yeah, I mean, I think for my my view, it's just like it's there is a little bit of that thing with vinyl because I'm a quite hipster and I collect vinyl, but it's there's a certain sort of it's yeah, it's great to be able to just whack on music on Spotify, but it's also nice to be able to go right. Okay, I'm going to get the record out. You're going to sit there. You're going to look at the read the notes and everything while you're listening to it. And then you have to go back and turn it over halfway through. You're engaged with it more than you are when mm. you've got something in the background. Yeah, and definitely. For me, for me, it's the same with film because there's a there's a whole process to everything you do. And I think that we've got to a point now where with digital cameras is the we're kind of at that point now where things changes are incremental. They're not sort of big groundbreaking changes. I mean, now obviously we've moved over to mirrorless cameras, but it's sort of it's like you'll get the d7000 d7001 and it's just it'll be like slightly more megapixels or something i think you get to a point where everything starts to look and feel the same and i think Mm. being able to throw in like film photography because it just feels different that the process of doing it looking at a a picture and it's it's one of those things that we always when we've got digital photos we i mean we've all done it we've always complained about how grainy images have been and how much noise there is but when you've got film cameras and you've got that noise there's a certain kind of like a warmth to it that doesn't translate over to uh, digital photography. I mean, you can get mm. lots of film emulator plugins and that sort of stuff, but it's just not the same. You know, it's, it's just nice to have that, to see that variety still, especially yeah. when, when when young people have decided they're now going to go, do you know what? Screw you old guys and your digital. I'm going to use film. Yeah. <laughs> I think for like, I, I, I always have to sort of like um, put thing into a sort of like a culinary sense for me to understand it sometimes. And I think the whole sort of like digital and uh, film thing is like a digital uh, camera or the pictures you take with it, you could say are really sort of like fine dining Michelin star. Whereas sometimes with um, like a film camera and stuff like that, you could say it's like a really nice home cooked meal. Mm-hmm. where you just go, ah, oh, that was delicious. I really enjoyed that. That was lovely. I could eat that again type thing. Um, you know, you just sort of, like, as you were sort of like saying that, Rob, I was just sort of thinking, you know, I've eaten in restaurants where I go, well, that was lovely. But then I would always just drop that and go and eat my mum's roast chicken. Because yeah. I know it's just, you know, it's just like, <laughs> yes, it's just, ah. Um but I think it's one of those. I mean, one of the things that I come, I sort of said it before is, I like the the mystery that you don't know what you're going to get back. It's like you've sent off, you've paid for this film, you spent the time focusing on making it work, and then you're you're sending it off to these guys, and then you don't know if any of those pictures have come out, or if there's any kind of like you could have just sent off thirty six duff exposures, and it's just like, well, that's a waste of twenty quid. Yeah. But then when yeah. they come back, even if you get like. It's like from that, from from the night shoot, I took, it was a 30, 36 exposure roll and I sent it off. I'd take some pictures of around the town and there's 
probably maybe five or six shots in there that are absolute bangers. The rest of them are sort of like so-so. But when you get it back and you see that the first one that's like a proper banger, you're like, yes, it's like it, it was worth all of the effort and all the money just for that one shot. And yeah. it's a, you just don't you don't get that with digital photography because you just take ten shots of a plane flying past, then you just pick which one you like the most. And you know, it's obviously that is the the way of the world. It's what it's what you do with sports photography, motorsport photography, and everything. But it's just like you, with you have to get it right, and there's a lot of hope and kind of praying when <laughs> when you when you when you put that shutter down you know you don't know whether the film's gonna whether you've got a dodgy bit of film or when it gets somewhere whether it's going to be developed because i mean even even the development studio they can make a mistake and that's yeah. all, all of your yeah. pictures gone you know and it's just like you can't you can't get that back but there's that certain kind of when it turns up on your on your, on your desk or your email or however it comes through and you see that one shot and you're just like get in it's like a proper a moment of joy at least it is my in my case anyway when yeah. they send the um when they send them back to you, do they still put the little stickers on there criticizing you going, this shot is out of focus. This shot is blurry. This shot is, uh, <laughs> I, I can remember like as a kid, like I had a, you know, a 35 mil camera and uh, like we'd go to, we'd go to Milton Hall, uh, go to the air show there. And like, I'd have sort of like maybe two rolls of film or something like that. And that was that was that was my lot for the day and stuff like that. So you really sort of like thinking, right? What am I going to take a picture of? Generally, are all statics, mm. and um, so you send them off, and then you realise sort of like on some shots, there's a finger across like the lens, um, <laughs> just like <laughs> stupid things like that. Um, and I, yeah, like so you've sent it off, and like you said, you know, I mean, it was it would be sort of like. Um, bonus print or something like that. So you mm. put it in the envelope, you send it off, and you just like wait in a week or something, and you get them back, and you're like, ah, what is it? Let me see. Let me see. Oh, <laughs> totally <laughs> deflated, and just going, oh, I wish I hadn't bothered then. But then, like you say, you know, it's just like you're sort of like flicking through, going, duff, 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 duff. Oh, okay, duff, yeah. duff. Ah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. It's, well, one of the ones I got from uh, this, even with the ones at, um, at the Lightning, I think there were a couple where people have walked in front of me as the sh- as the exposure's going. And oh. I'm like, great, thanks for that. And there was oh. one the following day where I took took a picture of like the um, uh, we have this area in, in the town where they've got like like where boats moor up basically, and uh, it was like a nice misty morning. And I thought, right, I'm going to take a picture looking da- back down the boats, and I'd completely forgotten that I still had it in a long exposure from the night before. I took the picture, then pulled it away, not not thinking about it, and then it says, "Oh, that's a wasted wasted exposure." But but then I have also got a picture of a uh, a um of the lightning with a certain someone hanging out in the background with their big old Russian camera. Oh, that was <laughs> <laughs> I didn't spot you I'm until the photo came that as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. I, I think it's great that film's making a comeback. I mean, it's it's, it's a totally different process. And it's. I think there are obviously there are photographers who are like, oh well, film is best. Film is best. It's like, well, yes and no. I mean, I I still love the convenience of digital. It's like, you know, if you're for example, if you're a landscape photographer, for example, you want a, a weather sealed camera that you're going to be able to just throw around and be able to get shots and do multiple exposures of things. You don't want to be faffing around with film on a windy beach. It's not. Yeah. A, it's not ideal. But yeah, it's as a as a creative art piece i think it's uh it's great that it's making a comeback yeah definitely yeah because most of my work still 90 percent of it will be digital still if i take go to an air show weekend i take three and a half thousand pictures i'll only take 24 film photos mm. so it's not like it's taken over me or anything but it's just, as you said it's just a nice nice way to for creativity it's just another yeah. another thing to to create with do you find it makes you more considerate with shots as well? Because that's the thing I found is like when you when you're shooting with film, obviously there is the the whole sort of mysterious aspect to it. Um, and you see, there's been a couple of times I sat there and taken shots. And I thought, shit, I've cut that off, or I've cut the wingtip off of that, or I've cut the, ta- the top of the tail off, or something like that. Um, but since doing film or doing it lightly, obviously not to the extent that you have, um, I found that I've started doing that less have you found that yeah definitely definitely with especially with my medium format i only get 12 shots a roll and i don't really want to be faffing if i'm in a, a pit box at a racetrack or something i don't want to be faffing about 
getting them film out while cameras are going past. Sorry, cars are going past everything. So, yeah, definitely, it's definitely made me think think a lot more about what I'm taking a picture of and the yeah. scene and the composition and all that because you can't change it. Do you find there's a lot of, uh, or not a lot, but like when you're, say, you're at a racetrack and you're in the pits and say there's a, a car and you're like, okay, I want to get a picture of that. Like it's not moving, it's just still, it's being worked on or something. Say you're sort of like, I want to get a picture of that. And you pull out the film camera. Do you get a lot of sort of people not looking down on you but do you get a lot of sort of like people sort of like look and sort of go eh, he's using film or... so many it's unbelievable because yeah. <laughs> with my um i mean with a normal 35 camera it's not too noticeable yeah and i've got my massive one with the two lenses on it yeah everyone's everyone's everyone sort of like stop yeah. and think what is he doing yeah <laughs> <laughs> but then again it's a really good conversation starter you know if there's a yeah if there's a driver out or engineer or something and they can come up and speak to me about it and say, oh, what's that? You know, my dad used to have that or yeah. stuff like that. So it's really good start conversations with people, um, which has led me to a few contacts, actually, just through, just through pure conversation. Just um, through about the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, is it, that, I mean, that, the, the old big, the, the big Russian thing, uh, that's definitely a conversation starter. Yeah. <laughs> when, 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 I think it's also the, the, the juxtaposition of a really old camera and a, a young guy. Yeah, <laughs> I think some people. I think I remember the first time I saw you walking around with it. I'm sitting there thinking that camera's probably older than his dad. <laughs> it's oh yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, 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 by like twenty years, I think. <laughs> yeah. What camera no. is it, Ollie? It's a sixty-two mm C3. It's a proper big old piece of metal, isn't it? I assume most of it's metal. If it's um, so yeah, bit. yeah, pretty much entirely metal. That must weigh a bit. Then that must you must notice that like. When you're when you're taking around your kit bag, obviously you've got your your normal set of digital stuff. Does it obviously impact on that in terms of what you can take? Yeah, yeah, because it's, it it will take up the same space as a normal digital camera plus a lens in my bag. Yeah, so it does. It didn't so much before because I didn't really have that much kit, but now I've got a seventy three hundred and a fifteen and twenty eight. I'm going to be cutting around next year, so that might impact it quite a bit on what I can take. Um, you know the ease of changing gear but yeah this year it's not been too bad because I've only really used my 18105 on my DSLR and then that Mamiya so it's not been too bad but yeah it's definitely heavy as well because <laughs> I mean my neck hurts so badly if I'm carrying it around all day yeah so it's just so heavy <laughs> definitely looks like I've just googled it and it definitely looks like it's a solid brick yeah, <laughs> of engineering. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you if you watch um, Thomas Hayton, Ollie. He's the yeah, he's a yeah, landscape yeah. photographer. The stuff he does with film and oh, his yeah, his stuff with the X-Pan recently. Yeah, yeah. It's, and that, that big old the other um, Hasselblad he's got. Yeah, yeah. It's just like man, the amount of money he's invested into film photography is <laughs> so <hard>. much. <laughs> um, I, I keep looking at the stuff because he's got that other big. Um, What's the other panoramic camera he's got? Um, because he's got about three or four film cameras that he uses. Yeah, he's got, I know he's got the um, he's got Fuji one, I think, as well. So that's six, the one, six yeah. nine, I think. Yeah, he's got that, and then the X Pan, and then it's a normal Hasselblad. I don't know yeah. how he how he affords that. I mean, there, there must be in those sort of the several cameras he's got like upwards of 10 grand's worth of camera kit, isn't there? Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. It's just yeah, he just seems to. The, the, there's a certain when he goes out because he's got a Z Z7 he's got now a Nikon Z7. Um, I think so, yeah. And when he goes out and uses it's the the difference he gets in some of those shots with with the film cameras. It's just like it's a totally different kind of vibe. Yeah, and it's just like it's just it opens up so many different ways to be creative. I mean, I wish I had the amount of money to spend on cameras, that he has. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just like it's yeah, it's. I think it's one of those things. I think it's it's nice to see it making a comeback, and it's just an extra a, a string to our bow, really, and as a, as photographers. Yeah, exactly. And it's um, nice to see photographers like him as well getting into it. You know, not just hipster kids getting involved. But, yeah. Um, proper serious photographers like him getting back into it, and obviously going in the the more expensive end of it. But yeah, he's still still taking it very seriously. Yeah. No, it's great to see. And moving on from that. Obviously, we talk about different ways to be creative photography. You've got multiple different ways of being creative, haven't you? I mean, you've got that sort of what I sort of call them as like poster 
art yeah sort of like yeah, the one yeah. you, one you did earlier and we we were sort of looking at that just just before you came on and we was just like debating whether we just like kick you out straight away it's <laughs> <laughs> so, so just 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 unfair how good it was compared to compared to stuff we do like, so what drove you to do that did you did, did you do, do like art at school and just sort of then decided to sort of combine photography with sort of artistic stuff like that no intro- I, I know i noticed it's got it's got that kind of it's a, the way you do them it's very like a motor racing vibe like the old yeah. motor racing posters yeah 19 very 1930s art deco sort yeah. Of yeah 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 so motor yeah motor racing is really the the inspiration for a lot of this because it's just it seems to be cool <laughs> you know there's a lot more creatives in, in motor racing and there's a lot more a lot more creative minds and people just seem to push the boat out to do incredible things so a lot of it's been sort of nicked from there <laughs> taken you know from uh inspiration but yeah like you said the um the one i just posted today the one of um of l three three out of four of them were actually from a simulator the screenshots of the airplanes right and only the middle bottom one was an actual photo so with that with using simulators it helps so much with creativity because i can just go in create the livery for the airplane and then take it from any angle any time you know any lighting condition so that's that's really really helpful um yeah see i can't even land an air land an airplane on a simulator <laughs> let alone be able to use it for art <laughs> yeah yeah it's yes. really interesting like that's really interesting yeah i mean i'll be honest i didn't it never crossed my mind that you might have used anything other than your actual <laughs> yeah it just it was just it kind of all I mean, when you look at it, it just looks natural as part of part of what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last the positives of using um, DCS for this is so realistic. The lighting mm-hmm. and everything's unreal on it. Um, and yeah, so what else? That I did another one a few days ago of the American Spitfire. That was on DCS yes. as well. Yeah, um, I was. I have to admit, I saw that post and I was like, "How did he get <laughs> looking right over it?" I'm like. You're yeah. not allowed to fly drones and ducks. How did he do that? How did he do that? And it, yeah. it bugged me all day. Like I go to work <laughs> and then I'd sort of like have sort of like a bit of downtime, and I was just like, "How did he do that?" <laughs> just... yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, those two, those two are DCS, but all my all my other ones are um. Are I feel cheated now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like we're all going to go on Microsoft Flight Sim later on. <laughs> just <laughs> screenshotting. Yeah. <laughs> get a bit of pictures of F-15s and say, "Oh, this is this is totally totally believable." We'll replace the sky and everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we all love a sky replacement here. It's um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've spoken at length about sky replacements, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cause, well, that's another thing I really want to be with this sort of stuff is just to be completely transparent with it. You know, because yeah. even if I don't say because um, in the captions I didn't say it was DCS whatever but if someone asks I'm not going to go oh yeah I took that picture oh yeah I did this but no I'm, I don't care I'm completely transparent about all my sky replacements everything I'll say yeah it was composite so so what <laughs> yeah I mean I think that, I think it's the thing with it I mean it's like there was sky replacements especially are things that sort of everyone has a go at and yeah. it's I mean I, I don't mind it so much I, at the end of the day it's it's when you step over from photography into art at that point and as long as mm. you're sort of open and honest that you've done it to create an artistic piece then you know what's the problem you know if, yeah exactly yeah if, if, if you've done something and you say to people no i actually t- actually took this photo and it was an actual sky <laughs> with two suns upside down and it's, it was exactly like that when i took it it's like well you're lying can't you it's like <laughs> yeah at least, at least say you've made at least say you've made a composite you know well, it's not on uh tatooine or anything at this point is it you know it's just but yeah no it's um <laughs> yeah it's just one of those things it's like use whatever you do to create your art and it's just like as long as you're honest about it open with people fair enough fair play yeah yeah always always trying to be as open as possible with it um i don't i don't want people thinking i'm doing something i'm not you know people thinking oh my god how's he done that how's he got them them opportunities when i haven't i've just gone on my gone on dcs well, you'll be pleased to know there'll be five people who listen to this podcast who will know your secrets now. To be fair, four of them will probably be us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And uh, it's like the, the other the other creative thing that you've obviously started doing, sort of probably over the last year, is that the the composites of the historic and now. 
Yeah. Um, mostly, he's mostly the Duxford stuff. And he's, am I right in thinking that you get the pictures from the Duxford or the IWM sort of archive and then just kind of, is it one of those things that you've, you, you've taken a picture and then you find it from the archive or do you find a picture from the archive you like and then go to Duxford to line it all up and sort of match it together? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, sometimes it depends. Sometimes I have done, I've found a picture and I've gone, oh, I wonder if I have a picture from this scene. Um, but usually I haven't. So if I'm just before Duxford trip, I'll go on IWM collections or the American Air, American Air Museum archives. Both of them are really, really, really good. Um, and I'll find pictures. But the good thing about Duxford is you can find it pretty much anywhere. You can mm. find a lot of these places. A lot of these places still exist and pretty much the same condition. So it's really easy to do. Um, yeah, and then, so I'll go to Duxford, get the pictures on my phone line them up and just sort of eyeball it, make sure it's all right, and then take the pictures. That's one good thing about IWM is I know people have got their their, their complaints about IWM. And <laughs> pretty much everyone here has. Yeah. But as a, as a resource for historical information and images and stuff, they're sort of the second to none, really. It's, it's absolutely unbelievable that it's, it's all for free as well. Everything, yeah. everything on the archive, all the film, interviews, absolutely everything is all for free which is something just i mean if you actually think about it it's unbelievable the mm. amount of stuff that's on there all british history from whatever 1918 to, to present day it's really 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 unbelievable the things like wm people give them a lot of slack but when you actually look out the bigger picture you see they are actually pretty amazing at what they do for for yeah. the for, for what it is it is pretty cool and there aren't many alternatives no i mean it's, it's the, the collections of stuff that they've got i mean i was talking to a, a volunteer um at ducksford they were doing like it was a couple of years ago when they when the membership actually used to give you stuff they were doing like <laughs> a it was on one of the members open days they used to have and was walking around with this volunteer and he was showing us around and he was sort of telling us about the the collections that they have that aren't even on display he said every, there's, there's buildings over on the north side that are loaded with like stuff that they can't put on display because they've got nowhere to put it. Yeah. And it's just like, it's sort of, it's such a, it's such a vast sort of treasure trove of history. I mean, yeah, we've, we could all complain about some of the things they do and the, you know, but it's as a, as an organization, I think generally they do what they do really well. I mean, there's, yeah, exactly. there's always, there's always going to be people complaining, especially when you walk around ducks where they've started putting like the info signs up that, and trying to make it a bit more interactive, and you've got the old old guard going, oh, well, yeah. doing that. It's like, but yeah, but things have to change, you know. It's not that, that it's not there just to serve you for your your annual visit. Yeah, to exactly. Yeah, you know, it's got to it's got to appeal to younger people and older people alike. And it is, you know, the reality is, if they don't bring people in, it disappears. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's the same same with the um, is it Hendon? I think the one that's loads of interactive displays now changing out aeroplanes and stuff. People will complain and say, oh, I want to see the, all these aeroplanes. But realistically, it's the same hall you see every single time in the same shoddy lighting. Yeah. You know, and it's the same. Kids aren't kids don't care about that. And I know I I am a kid. I was a kid. And I did not care about that at all. No. <laughs> it didn't. It's just, just not appealing, is it? You know, the, fl the flying displays of Ducksford are second to none, really, around the yeah. country. But when you go into the museum, it's just like whatever, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, this, it's one of those things. I mean, it's like we, I mean, over the past couple of years, I think it's, I mean, there's always been people people who've complained about sort of the air shows and the quality of the air shows. I mean, I think it seems to be more prevalent over the past few years that people have been complaining. But it's like you sort of, when you are there for the Balboa at the end of the Battle of Britain shows, that you, that you that's the only place you get that is Duxford. You know, you're yeah. not going to get that um, Shuttleworth. You're not going to get it. You won't even get it at Riyadh. It's, no, it's, yeah, <laughs> Duxford is a sort of very special place for that, and I know obviously you could we could probably all talk talk at length about what's going on about with um, flying legends and that, but <laughs> as a as a place for warbirds and flying history, I mean Duxford sort of second to none. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just history in general. Even as a yeah. even if there was no flying navy, it's just an abandoned airfield. It's still the history there is absolutely incredible. Of what happened, you know, first Spitfires there, the the Battle of Britain was fought from there. Douglas Bar, the, the big wings mm. and the Americans and all that. It's just unreal the amount of stuff yeah. there. You can't help but get sort of like swept up in the nostalgia of it all. Like when you go there, um, like once you're once you're through the sort of you know 
the shop and stuff and you go out i mean i've been to Duxford like what two three times probably and every time i go like you step out of the shop and you look over the airfield and you sort of think right where shall i start and then a little wave of nostalgia like hits you you sort of think wow what must this have been like yeah (laughs) you know what would this have been like when it was just loaded up with planes and a hub and busy and everything and then you sort of think oh, this is pretty cool <laughs> and you haven't even got into a hangar yeah and then yeah. you're like you walk down to sort of like the um the american hangar um and you see like the little narrow gauge railway and if you've got the rob sluzar uh, tour guide with you you know <laughs> it's just you know you just sort of think wow you know, this is, it, it's cool. It's just retro cool. Yeah. And it doesn't have to have, you know, a, a flying display there. Like you said, you know, you can you can look at the buildings and think, uh, you know, look, even like look at the architecture, look at the engineering behind it. Why is the, why is the hangar been built like that? But, mm. You know, does it deflect things? Is it, you know, and then like you sort of think, how many planes can they get in there? And then you go in there and it's like, God, they can cram quite a bit in here. I, yeah, yeah I, I love Duxford. I love Duxford for what it is and what it represents, I think. Yeah, the, the overwhelming thing is is how so much of it is original. You know, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you obviously you've got airspace is new and sort of the stuff around Arco and that, but I think Hangar 2 is, that, that came in from somewhere, didn't it? That was not original. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I'm not sure where it came in from, but it's it's fairly, it came in with IWM, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but, but then the rest of it, apart from obviously the land warfare as well and the American Air Museum, all the the other hangars there are original. Yeah, apart yeah. from the apart from the one that got blown up, which uh, <laughs> yeah, we won't talk and about. Ha- like, how many museums can you go to? <laughs> you can actually walk onto a walk into an air into a museum or whatever. And go, oh, there used to be a hangar here. They blew it up for a film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's like when, when you walk into especially the older hangars you walk in then you've got the smell of sort of obviously airplanes that are in there and you say this is what it would have been like yes in in the war this is what it would have smelt like yeah right they probably wouldn't have had information boards and what what's left of that what's left of the blenheim um, yeah. but it's like you know it's 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 as you'd close have, you'd have had to, you'd have had to open the door yourself it wouldn't have opened automatically yeah. and stuff <laughs> it's, 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 as close to history as you been hand get, sanitizer really. dispensers yeah. <laughs> but no it's it's a it's a it's not i would I, well yeah it's a, it's kind of a magical place and it? it's got this like a kind of as soon as you step through it even i mean i've i go to oh, I go to many air shows and flying days but then i'll also go to random days just anyway I'll probably visit Ducks for three or four times a year just to have a wander around. No air I'll show make, or anything. I'll make my annual annual pilgrimage in January when I'm off work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There'll be no flying, but I don't care. I'll still go up. Yeah. I mean, I, I I described it to someone at work the other day. I was like, because they'd just been to Harry Potter World. I said, I like, we're talking about, you know, what are you going to do in January and stuff? And I said, oh, you know, I'll be doing plane stuff and every stuff. And I said, I'll go to Ducks. And they're like, oh, what's that? And I said, it's kind of like Harry Potter World for planes you know yeah. it's yeah, it's a bit old school uh there's no sort of like staircases that move as far as i know um but you know it's it's got that sort of i don't want to say magic to it but it's like, a, like a real hogwarts yeah yeah yeah, yeah totally it's just like ah yeah. it's just like you, just, you just look at you walk around it it's like there's there's a couple of buildings at the back where they basically used to park the spitfire up or the hurricane, whatever was, whichever plane was needed, and they've got markers on the walls that they'd line the the guns up with. Yeah, and it's, they, yeah. it's all original. You know, it's not been replaced. It's just there because it was there. It's not yeah. been made to look like it either. It's not like yeah. a bunch of blokes who just got a load of drills and gone, you know, and made yeah. the holes. You can even sort of like say, you can even say the shop is platform nine and three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you go into the shop, you come out the other side. Yeah. You, you also forget the, the amount of stuff that's over on the north side. I mean, the amount of time I've spent been stuck in that car park trying to get out, I've got, been able to admire all the old buildings over there. Yeah. And it's just like, there's just so much of it is just original. And it's just like, it's just a, it's just great. I think, I, I think the only thing it lacks is the fact that flying nations aren't there anymore. But, you know, what can yeah. we do? What, yeah, what do you what do you think about that? Do you think do you think we'd ever see it back there again? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. 
personally. I don't think we'd see Fine Legends there ever again. I'm not sure if we'd see Fine Legends full stop again. I, I agree. I, I think we've reached a point now. Where I kind of, I think, I kind of think Duxford needs Flying Legends, and I think Flying Legends needs Duxford. I don't think there's there's not anywhere else really you could pull it off. Not in this country, anyway. I don't think. No, no, yeah, because they was obviously they were going to do it Sidewell, um, but that fell through due to several reasons. Mm. Um, I think that was their best shot, and all the other alternatives like Northweld couldn't do it for reasons the motorway and yeah, there's there's not really anywhere else you can do it. There's nowhere. Big, as big as Duxford and with the with the space available and the hangarage and the engineering support and all that, there's just nowhere that really compares to it. No. Um I think that ship's ship sailed now and yeah. we just gotta just gotta move on, I suppose. Yeah, I mean I, I can't see it coming back not imminently anyway, not with yeah. um, I mean they've they'll have missed what when was the last one? 2019, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're probably not gonna have one next year, at least they they would normally have announced it by now. But how how can how long can you go not running an air show before you have to stop running it? Well, yeah, exactly. They can't have massive cash reserves ready to ready for it, can they? Yeah. Well, of course, it's run by the fighter collection. The fighter yeah. collection, the ones who who organise it and run it. Um, but they're based at Duxford anyway, and if you're wanting to see those aeroplanes, then they're always on display at flying days and yeah, uh, the ba- Battle of Britain show. That's really taken over the role now. I think yeah, the Battle of Britain show. But yeah. there, there was stuff about legends where you just think, oh, I'd like, I'd love to see that again. I really, really love to see that again. I think it's, it was something like the, the, the foreign participation used to get in. So some of the the warbirds from Europe would come over. So I think was it was it a couple of years ago they had the Red Bull team over. Yeah, that was 2018. I think that was I think that was the last good one. 2019 lacked a bit. I think they had the Dakotas, but well, only three of them. Yeah, I say I say only like it wasn't a lot. But... <laughs> Better than 19 that was there the month earlier. Yeah, um, I, I think to be fair, that's probably one of the things that kind of, I think everything else after that was a bit underwhelming at Duxford that year. After seeing all those yeah. dacks firing up, you can't, that was completely irreplaceable. That. that was, that was so cool. That was, I went on the, I went on the Sunday and they were just all coming back from Old Warden and you could see them come over the hangar tops, like this group of eight Dakotas and all come in and fly over over the top. It's just, that was unbelievable. Yeah. The whole, whole runway just, scattered with dakotas as far as you can see yeah i mean it's, it, it was i mean the weather was appalling but it was just <laughs> like there were it was i think it was when they all left for france and they all just started firing up and because there was there was 19 of them wasn't there in the end yeah i and, think so yeah and it was just seeing sort of 19 dakotas all firing up and all running and it's just like i, I sh- went through so many shots that day <laughs> just trying to catch them go, all going off and stuff because it's just like it's, I, I kept so many, even just like old so-so pictures, because it's it's very unlikely that we'd get that again. Yeah, and I, I know we're looking, we're coming up to sort of eighty years, aren't we? Next, is it twenty twenty four? But I can't imagine there'll be that many back over here for that one. Um, but you never know; we might get lucky and see yeah. it all again. Yeah, no, they are they are looking to do another D Day event, the Dax Over Normandy Foundation. But I'm not sure it could be, it could be ten, it could be twenty. Who knows? Yeah. Could be the same amount. I think as well with this one, they're going to do um, fly them down, fly them to England and then through France. I think they're going to Italy as their final stop, and back to Germany for the Berlin airlift stuff. I think as well. Mm-hmm. So it's impressive. Yeah, yeah, very, very impressive. It's amazing because I think that year is well. I think we my my fortieth. So I'm I'm toying with the idea of of actually going over to Normandy and yeah. being there when they come over. Rather than sort of necessarily going to Duxford, but yeah, it'd be a that would be interesting because I mean it was it was impressive last time. I mean it was one of those proper like spine tingling, proper chills moment when they're all just like yeah. just thundering up the runway one after another, and it's just like ooh, <laughs> yeah. That's again one of them one of them things where you just step back and think this is what happened. This yeah. is exactly this what was happened. what it, this was. This is a this is a snapshot of what it was like yeah 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 that, i agree i hate you all for seeing it <laughs> <laughs> I, watched, I watched it from my back garden that was, that was the best i got yeah. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was it was it was one of those days it was just it was the well both days the weather was just grim and it was just uh, but it was one of those things that you you can have get past it being grim because of just the significance of the moment and just you know you're witnessing something that like Ollie says, it it happened. That's what happened. 
but you're seeing it sort of something that you're not going to see. I mean, you you don't see things like that every day. I mean, even I mean, the states have got like lots of warbirds, but you're never going to see nineteen ducks all lined up yeah. taking off after each other. And even we had the one that had to land in with with no engines, didn't we? Yeah, and that was stuck 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 there for a while. At Duxford. Yeah, it was there for about six months, wasn't it? Waiting for new engines. Yeah, it was there quite a while. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, both engines failed, um, but they had they had to effectively wreck one to to get it get it back. I think yeah, it was something. Much happened. Yeah, 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 and that was parked outside on the pan next to Hangar Two for months. That's right. Just sat there. Was it a Norwegian one? Uh, yes, one, Norwegian, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was really, really impressive. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I think yeah, coming back to legends, I I think Duxford should sack off their July air show, which wasn't very well received last year, and just make up with the fight collection and just bring legends back. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, with with the July show this year, it did not sell at all. From no. what I saw, from what I saw, there was hardly anyone there. I don't think I knew anyone that went to it. No, um, I, I mean, I looked at it when. Um, I mean, it's the same with this this year's one. I'm thinking I'll, I'll just probably give it a miss because I looked at the lineup for it. I'm just like, it's not enough. Yeah. I'm not gonna, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll just wait it out until September where I know they'll pull out all the stops. But mm. it feels and like it, it's yeah. But if you compare that then to say if they had legends, yeah, the difference is black and white, isn't it? Yeah. Legends would have been sold out within months, maybe perhaps perhaps yeah. weeks of, of the thing. But that was struggling to to sell at all. Yeah, I think because it, it always kind of, and I know that, that it's kind of more of a family orientated air show, but it always feels like it's, it, you get acts there that like feel like seaside acts, you know, and it's just, I mean, whilst whilst the, the Wing Walkers are great, and I do enjoy watching the Wing Walkers, but it's just like they come every year. Yeah. And it's, it's the same thing, you know, it's, it's, and it's like you get the, the Tiger Nine, they'll do a fly through for about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for Tiger Knight to be brought up. <laughs> but yeah, it's just kind of. That. I always, always feel like they're just a bit, like, look, sort of. I mean, it's 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 bad to say lackluster because they're people putting they're putting their lives at risk to fly airplanes. I guess. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it doesn't have that kind of mm. no adrenaline rush out of it that you kind of get out of like a Battle of Britain or you get out of a a Legends when you have got like a. A, a bush on a Spitfire like hammering down the runway, yeah, just chasing each other around in the sky and stuff. You just yeah. don't get that in the because I think the summer air show is now almost almost the one. It's sort of replaced by the or replaced the one they used to have in May, which I think was effectively the family air show, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The May one was always like the air festival. That was the yeah. one where they had the had the Strike Masters, Wing Walkers, and you know one or two Warbirds that participated. Mm. And yeah, they they that's overtaken by the July one now. I'm sure the things will develop. It's it's nice that they're doing the flying days. The flying days, I think, are uh, are quite good. Yeah, and definitely, the, they're really good. The flying evening as well. I did that this year. That was a really good um good experience. Yeah, I need to do that. It looks like you got lucky with the weather two years in a row. So <laughs> oh, it, it was <laughs> not beautiful. sure about the third one. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely beautiful this year. It's, it was just that's a beautiful light because the there was enough clouds in the sky to sort of just really glow up really nicely i think mm. some some of my best shots from this year came from that event so it's yeah it's definitely one definitely worth looking at yeah definitely money to do that next year if i can if i can afford it <laughs> so i think with that now i think we've we've probably come to just about the end yeah so what we'll do is we'll uh if there's is, we'll, well we'll start off by saying is there uh, anything you want to ask us because obviously we we like to give the platform to our, our guests to sort of ask us about our photography or the group and that sort of stuff just to kind of you know let you have your side or oh, i should have prepared some questions <laughs> um i'm not sure what do you all think about the more creative side to photography would you all be is that something that you you look at and go yeah i want to do that or is that something you look at and go yeah i like that like would uh, you would you do it as we've been talking to you, I've gone through your Instagram and like some of those, uh, like the motorsport shots that you've got, I'm like, that's incredible. I need, <laughs> yeah, I, I want to learn to do that in a, um, like I've sort of said to myself, right, next year, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to some air shows. I'm going to do this, going to do that. One of the things I've said I'm going to do is like Snedton's not too far away from me. So I'm going to go to the 
touring cars are snared and I'm, I'm 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 already sort of like doodling and sort of like saying you know oh, that would be a cool shot to recreate yeah. or, you know, to do to come away with a shot which i could then end up like that yeah no, i love i love um i love this is why i like instagram because you'll scroll through and you'll find someone and you go oh that's interesting you know and it it literally sort of like piques your interest and you go, right, how have they done that? And then, then you're curious about it. And then you look at it and you sort of think, no, I, I need to learn how to do that. Um, yeah. So now I think creativity wise and stuff, I think it's, I think it's brilliant because there's only, there's only so many of the same shot you can take of the same plane, you know, um, like my sort of like local base, I suppose is Lakenheath and I'll go there and, now I, I've got this sort of urge to sort of like try and come up with a different shot. So the way I come home with a thousand shots of the same sort of like twenty planes that have been taken off, or sort of like <laughs> stuff, you know. And I go, and I sort of like turn around to the missus and go, "Look at that! Isn't that great?" And she turns around and goes, "Did you take that last week?" <laughs> you know, and you take, well, no, <laughs> you know, it's different. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a struggle to sort of think, right? How can I come up with something original, something bit different? Uh, you know look through your instagram and stuff and and see what you've done like with the the historical stuff with duxford and like the um like one of the shots that's like really sort of like struck with me is the um the jaguar the silk cut jaguar the purple one. Oh yeah um, yeah like as a kid that was my favorite le mans car growing up you know yeah um so as soon as i saw that i was like oh god look it's there <laughs> oh no uh, okay fine um you know stuff like that I, I just think it's it's brilliant i love it and and i love where that then takes me because it, it's it's a constant it's a bit cliche it's a constant journey you know you, you you're constantly sort of like looking and learning and then you pick up like tips or you hear someone yeah. say oh yeah i took that by doing this and you sort of think like oh, i could i could recreate that or i could sort of like use that to then develop my own shot of that no i think I think it's brilliant it's it's great yeah yeah thank you <laughs> i think what you were saying sickening about... but great <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying about like um trying to replicate pictures i think that's one of the, the absolute best ways to learn is to find someone you absolutely love on instagram and go how did they do this yeah mm. and then look at it and go and then you learn you know what you want to do and you can say oh well i didn't like the way they did this so i know but i know how they did it so i'll yeah. change it yeah that's one of the absolute best ways to learn. Um, obviously, not not direct copying. <laughs> Plagiarism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. If I could go back to my my former self and say, just look at the people who inspired you, and just look at how they did it, and learn quickly. <laughs> that's what yeah. I'd say. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I I love the creative side of photography, and it's I I find it. Um, I always like to look at stuff. That, I mean, I can't do that creative stuff because i think because i came to photography quite late that i i'm still learning to an extent and I, I can do some creative stuff but i'm not all that creative so i kind of rather than just spend my time trying to learn it i like to see other people doing it and it, i enjoy viewing it yeah and, i mean i i like I'm, I'm inspired by the work you do and like other young photographers that i just just make us look old and defunct <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, i sort of have to i sort of have to echo what rob and tim have said it's sort of like, like i'm still fairly young i'm obviously older than you ollie but I'm sort yeah of, yeah um i do feel like i'm late to the game in some a certain extent as well it's sort of like i'd love you know I, i've said to these guys on multiple occasions that sort of the compositions you do and the shots you take and the way your shots are thought through and how you generate the work you do like with the different sort of the 1930 style posters and things like that and and the combination of different genres as well because it's nice to see someone who's interested in aviation but then also has who's open about the other genres of in, uh, photography that they're interested in as well because i think a lot of people uh, especially on instagram with the way the algorithms are and things like that people are a little bit scared to sort of dabble into other stuff and yeah it's really sort of refreshing to see that you, you know you you have the photography that you 
you know we all pay attention to because it's aviation it's all ducks and this that, and the other but then mm. see this sort of stuff that you produce at goodwood and what have you and um donnington and it's sort of like it's really really refreshing to see yeah. that because it's just different it, it's just different and as i say the way you go about the work is incredible absolutely fantastic well yeah, thank I you very just... much thank you very much for all your kind words <laughs> yeah I'm still I'm still just looking through the, through the shots of all the um, <laughs> all the Jag Le Mans cars, the silk cut Jags. Like literally, like growing up, that was the best car in the world. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then you then you hear it and you realise why it's the best car in the world. <laughs> it's just yeah. bludgeoned your eardrums. I, I think I also think sometimes I don't, know, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but when, sometimes I look at some of the, the some of the shots you'll put together from like that sort of whatever. You'll do like five or six pictures in a carousel. And I sort of look at them, and I, in in my mind, they're photos that I would have thrown away, but that you've somehow made them look artistic. And is it the way you edit your photos, you've got a very specific style, and it's I don't yes. even have to read whose yeah. name it is. I, I know it's you. And normally, I'm cursing under <laughs> my breath about how good it is. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's I, I, you just have a, a way of um, even if your shots say if you've not caught a perfectly sharp shot, you are able to tell the story with the way you edit the photos and put them together. And I think that's that's one of the great skills that gets lost with digital photography is being able to um, curate the stuff you put out. And it's one of the things I've always tried to sort of take in mind when I take photos is that you might have a picture which isn't perfectly sharp, but as a part of maybe a row of 10 photos or three or four pictures, you can tell a story using that photo. Yeah. And it's that there are shots that sometimes you sort of take and well, it, that's not going to go on Instagram, so I'll just throw it away. But if you, I've I've started now sort of keeping just random photos of of like people sat on the tractors that they used to pull the aeroplanes around and stuff like that because it's whilst it's it not might come in useful one day when I yeah. want to do an Ollie stuff photo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I think it's to say yeah, just I mean the amount of times I've looked at your pictures and just gone, oh bug off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, one of the bits I really try and focus on because if you look at my account. I don't I hardly ever post individual pictures. It'll mm. always be mm. 10 or, or eight or whatever. Um, I've just, which is quite annoying when I went, you know, when I come to make a portfolio for university, or whatever, and they say, Oh, I'll pick your six best pictures. And I go, oh, I, I can't, <laughs> I don't have individual <laughs> pictures. I like Yeah. a lot of, yeah. A lot of what I try and do is, is telling a story through multiple photos rather than just having one. Um, so, yeah, I suppose that's another creative thing that people don't tend to do as much but yeah, yeah. most definitely yeah i mean it's, it's one of those i mean because i used to be part of a photo club and they used to do i can't remember what they called it but you effectively you would provide um four photos that effectively in those four photos you had to tell a story of something um mm. so that you'd get like a mixture of like um different photos as part of this um sort of piece which is you've got to think about how you put it together and how that tells a story. But at the same time with Instagram, you always have to go, right, which one of those is the poster image, the one that's going to be on Instagram. And sometimes yeah. you can, you can get too. I mean, I'm, I've been guilty of it. You can get too focused on getting the pictures for Instagram and not focusing on the story you're trying to tell from an event you've been to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's like, if you, if you're writing a book, you're not going to put your best chapter first, are you? No. You're going to put the, the you're going to make it into a, can put the first chapter first so it so it lines up in the story um and that's usually what i try and do so i don't so the first picture isn't necessarily the best it's just the one that helps the post more helps people understand it that's a really good way of thinking about it yeah. actually. <laughs> i was just saying that's that's a really like that that's put that really into context that's yeah that's a really good way of describing it i really like that you're far too intelligent to be in the aviation photography community <laughs> i'm amazed i just made that up on the spot oh, i'm gonna use that for myself now Cool. I have to write it down <laughs> to claim it. Cool. So I think, yeah, I think that brings us to the end. I think we've we've covered everything. Um, so where can people find you on Instagram or Facebook or wherever? Are you just on Instagram or are you on Facebook and YouTube or whatever? Yeah, Instagram Oliver dot underscore dot photo. That's my Instagram handle. Facebook, I don't really post. Occasionally I post in groups, ducks for ducks for group, but there's nothing to really take notes of but yeah all my all my works on instagram um so yeah yeah just instagram excellent 
and we'll go around the rest of us tim where can people find you uh generally i'm loitering around on instagram and uh dabbling around on facebook under uh r2b photos cool and connor where can people find you uh predominantly just on instagram now under cm aviation underscore photography wonderful stuff and for myself i'm normally only on instagram um you can find my aviation stuff under rs7 aviation and also got my non-aviation stuff which is rob sluice photography um obviously we shouldn't forget that we do have the avgeeks group page which is i believe at avgeeks assemble on instagram um, i think it's at avgeeks assemble on the facebook as well um so we do try and be active on facebook if we can we'll probably try and put a comment uh, up after this and um so we try and open up a conversation about what we've talked about and that sort of thing. So go on, swing over and give it a chat, uh, give it a like. We've also got a YouTube, which I think again is uh, youtube.com forward slash avgeeksassemble. So yeah, I think that's uh, where you can find us. Um, so all the rest to be said is, Ollie, thanks for coming on. We hope you've enjoyed yourself. Thank you very much. It's been brilliant. Wonderful stuff. And everyone else thank you for coming on and to all the people listening we we really appreciate you listening we really appreciate your feedback uh, so thank you very much and we'll see you at the fence thank you for listening to this episode of the Ab Geeks assemble podcast find us on facebook and instagram at Ab Geeks assemble